Hey friends, what's up? Welcome back to Babylon Talmud. Today we're studying Daf Ayin Bays, Daf 72 of Masechta Yoma. Um, no, what does Daf 72 talk about? Who could tell me? Uh, we continue with our discussion from yesterday. The different threads that make up the different um, garments of the Kohen Gadol, the different numbers of threads, so uh, a little bit numbery. And then we get, ultimately, we kind of shift into some interesting agaritas towards the end, about Tamiri Chachamim and things like that. We learn about the dimensions of the Aron. Some interesting, just kind of technical things. We're going to start on Daf Ayin Aleph Mubez, I think. All the way at the bottom, yeah. Daf Ayin Aleph Mubez, last line of the page. Me'il Shneim Osir. So the Me'il of the Kohen Gadol. The, um, what do you call all these things? Is this a tunic? What's a tunic? I don't know. Basically, the Kohen Gadol had this um, thing that he would wear, um, and I think it was made out of turquoise. It was called the Me'il. On the bottom was where you had the um, bells and the pomegranates. Shnei Masar. So each thread in the Me'il was 12 threads. It was basically two threads, each one of which was made up of six sub-threads. Minol, how do you know this? Dixif, as the Pasuk says, Basis as Me'il so you make the Me'il. Klil treles. So now as Rashi says, klil means gedil, like a thread, and a thread is at least two. Right? A thread needs to, it's not just like one string, it's like two kind of wrapped together. And 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 we know that the me'il, it says that it was made out of, um, no, well, does it say sheish? It probably says like, does it say sheish over there? What does it say? Um, uh, where am I? Zion. But he says me'il eifot klil treles. Oh. Okay, but each of the threads was made up of... Oh, sorry, here it is. No, that, that's like the whole point. But he says, Me'ola Eifot, so Klil Treles. The puzzle says, uh, so it's made out of Treles, turquoise, and it says Klil. Now, Klil is a Gedil, as Rashi says, and a Gedil is at least two threads that are wound together. Now, here's the thing. We'll have Treles Treles mi Parochas. And then, we make a Gezer Shav of Treles Treles from Parochas, Malhol and Shisha, Afkan Shisha. And just like by the Parochas... Each thread was made up of six sub-threads, so here also. So it's six times two. There you go. Vinelov Mishulov Vrimonov Malhol and Shmonov Kan Shmonos. Now, Fekti Gemara, wait. But why don't you learn out the Afo, uh, the Me'il, the threads of the Me'il from the threads of the pomegranates that we learned, that are at the bottom of the Me'il, that we learned yesterday, are eight threads each. In which case, this would be 16, right? Eight times two is 16. Yeah. Rather than six times two, which would be twelve. Wow. Math. Don't clean me, cleave, and don't clean me, tachshit. Clee. So Gemara says, well, we prefer to learn out a cleave from a clee, a vessel from a vessel, kilo, a garment from a garment, which is the me'il from the parochas, rather than the uh, a kli, i.e., the me'il from a tachshit kli, from an adornment of a kli, i.e., the pomegranates that were at the bottom of the of the me'il. So therefore, we'd rather learn out the me'il from the parochas and say that it's 12 threads as opposed to the 16 that we would learn out from the pomegranates. But then the Gemara says, wait a second. But the pomegranates, at the end of the day, are at the bottom of the me'il. So the Gemara wants to suggest that it would be more sensible to learn out the, <coughs> the me'il from the pomegranates that are at the bottom of the me'il and keep everything in-house like in the Me'il house, as opposed to learning out from the Parochus, which is a completely on the Razach. It's a completely different thing. 
To which the Gemara says, well, this is precisely when the, when we learned in the Brisa earlier that one of the times when it says Shesh, it's referring to, right, that yesterday we learned this Brisa that says to all the other things where it doesn't specifically say Shesh, they still have six threads. That is a reference to the Me'il. That even though it doesn't specifically say Shesh in the context of the Me'il, nonetheless, it, it has six threads. Not eight. And then six times two is twelve. Dalit, where am I? Shlonemu ben Shesh, Paroches Esun Varba. So the Paroches has 24 threads. Dalit, the Shisa, Shisa. There are four types of wool in the uh, Paroches, and each one has six threads. Six times four, 24. Lodina, Velodayono. And there is nothing, there's no judgment, no judges. There's, you know, it's clear as day. There, there, there's no contesting this. It says in the Pasuk, the different materials, there are four of them. It also says Sheish, which means that there are six threads. Six times four, twelve. That is that. Choshen ve'efod esim v'shmone. Now the Choshen and the ephod, the apron, were 28 threads. Minolan, how do we know? Well, d'chsev, asisa choshen mishpat maise choshev kimaise ephod taisenu. Okay, so you make the choshen, like the ephod. Zohav, okay, gold. Tchelis ve'agamon, uh, turquoise wool, and agamon is, what was it, purple? Metula shani v'sheish mazdain, red wool, and, uh, um, and, and linen. So we see that it's lemaisa, four types of materials. And it says Sheish Moshzar, which means that each of the four types are going to have six threads each. That's so 24 already. But there's also gold. So I bought the Shisa, Shisa, Esen, So the four types of materials times the six threads in each is 24. Zav, I bought. And then the gold, there was one thread of gold together with all the other types of uh, materials, right? So there were four materials. Six threads each, and with each of the four materials, there would be one thread of gold. So essentially, you had seven times four is twenty-eight. Ha esim v'tmanya, so that's twenty-eight. nami shisha. Wait, maybe I'll say lemaise that there were six gold ones, and therefore it's basically six times five, which is thirty. So Amar Vachabar Yaakov, Amar Kra v'kitzetz psilim. It says, Ravacha by Yaakov, well, the Pasuk says, Vikitzet psilim. Psil psilim. That psilim is plural, right? Psil would be singular, psilim is plural. And it says, Vikitzet, that you cut them in half. So if you have psilim, which is plural, so two threads of gold, and you're cutting each one in half, so that Lemaisa creates four threads of gold, so Harekandalit. So there's your four. So there's four threads of gold. So you have four materials, six threads in each of them, that's 24, and then an additional four threads of gold, that's 28. Vaiter. that the Pasuk says, It says in the context of the gold, that you're going to put the gold together with the treles, and the argaman, and the tolashani, and the sheish. Right? So, meaning, so you're going to be putting the gold together, mixed together, bundled together with the other four materials. Now, heichinaivit, so, if we were to have six golden threads, how would that work out, right? Because we wanted to suggest, right, that well, maybe there's six 
golden threads, not four. So Ravashi is like, but just mathematically speaking, how would that work out? Because it says that you would have gold together with each of the other four materials. So Well, if together, you know, if bundled together with each of the four materials, there would be two threads of gold. Well, then that would be eight additional threads, not six. And if we say, well, let's bundle together with two of the materials, two golden threads, and with two of the materials, we'll bundle together one golden thread. So that would be six, right? Two and two is four, plus another two is six. So we would get six, but then it, it wouldn't be equally distributed among the four bundles. Vasisa shiu calls seos of shavos. But as we learned at the end of the daf yesterday, that it says vasisa, you should make them that everything should be even, evenly distributed, not two, two, one, one. So therefore, they must be that it's four threads of gold. So you have 28 total threads in the um, threads of the Choshed, Choshen and the Ephod. Interesting stuff, right? Let's go weiter. Hamrochba, Hamrav Yehuda. Hamakarea, big day kiuna. Says Rochba in the name of Rav Yehuda that somebody who tears up priestly garments, loket Malkus. Shinemar, as the Pasuk says, lo yikarea. That it may not be torn. Maybe this is what the pasuk is saying. That you should make a hem around the um, priestly garments, so that they don't get torn. But it's not saying don't tear them, and if you do, we're gonna whack you. To which Gemara says, it doesn't say shelo yikareya. Right, the, the, the Pasuk doesn't say so that it shouldn't get torn. No, it says lo yikare, which is nifal, so it means it shouldn't get torn, but the Gemara wants to say what it means, lo, don't. Don't tear the garments. And if you do, whack. Amr Belazer says, Belazer, if somebody loosens the choshen from the ephod, the ephod was the apron, right? That the Kohen Gadol would wear. Now the apron had these two straps that would go up the back of the Kohen Gadol and over his shoulders. And on each, at the end, there were like two stones. Uh, I think the, the names of the Bnei Yisrael were etched into them. Now, there were also rings on the ephod. And by way of those rings, the, um, Choshen would be secured into place. So, the, where am I? Amr Abelazar, Amazea Choshem Ala Ephod. So somebody who moves the, who loosens the Choshen from the Ephod, from the rings of the Ephod, or somebody who removes the poles from the Arin, right? The Arin, of course, had these, um, like tubes almost on the side, and they would, you would slip the, uh, poles through the, these tubes, these like cylinder things, and that's where the, that, right? And that's how you would carry the Arun. So somebody who removes the poles from the Arun, loke, whack. Shinemai's the puzzle says, Lo Yizach that do not loosen the Choshen from the Ephod and do not remove the poles from the Arin. Maskev Ravachabayakov, Ravachabayakov asked the same question like he asked a minute ago regarding tearing the clothing of the Kohanim. Vedomaki Kaum Rachmana Chadkinu Vavdinu Shapir Kidesh Lo Yizach Vilayasuru. To which Ravachabayakov suggests, well, maybe all the Pasuk is saying is, Make them tight. 
right? Secure the, the choshen tight. Secure the poles tightly fit into the tubes so that nothing moves around. So that the choshen is, is tightly fastened. So that the poles don't slip out. But it's not saying that if you remove them or, or loosen them, then whack. To which the Gemara says, well, it doesn't say in the Pasuk, so that it doesn't move or so that it doesn't get removed. No, it says, don't move them. And uh, so there you go. Don't move them. And if you do, whack. Rabbi Rabchanina, Rami Ksiv. Rabbi Yosef Rabchanina asked the following question. That the Pasuk says, so on the one hand, we have a Pasuk that says that the poles of the Arin are in the, you know, the tubes on the side of the Arin. Do not remove them. And yet we have another Pasuk that says that you will put the poles into the rings, into these tubes on the outside of the Arin. So we see that the poles do go in and out, right? Because we say, put them in. Implying that they can come in and out. Okay, it's that. So what's, what's the deal? Miss Park and Vein Nishmatin. So interesting. So Rashi explains what this means is that the poles of the Arin, they would get thicker towards the end. So Ke'ilu, you'd be able to take them in and out, but they wouldn't be able to slip out because they would be getting, at a certain point, they would get too thick and they couldn't get through the tubes. Interesting. That in the rings of the Arin will be the poles. Is it possible that they mamish don't move? That you put the poles in the rings. E right meaning so we see that they can come in and out. Well, if we have this possible that you'll put the pole in the rings, well maybe you could just. You know, be able to slide them through. It says, no, you got to put the uh, poles in the rings, kilo, and they stay darting. No, okay, said, what's the deal? It's like we said in a minute ago. Basically, you can put in and remove the poles, but they get wider as they go on so that they don't just like slip right through. At a certain point, they will become secured when they get, uh, you know, when the thickness of the pole gets jammed into the ring. What does it mean that you make beams for the Mishkan standing cedar wood? That they stand the way that they grow. I don't know, the bottom at the bottom, the top at the top. Another explanation. That you can like nail on the gold that, 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 that surround, that, that um, plates them. Maybe you'll say, well, once the base of Mikdash was destroyed, so then like nobody cares about these beams. That no, people will always care about these beams. Okay. It's the Pasuk points out that there is something called Big Day Asrad. Now, if I'm not mistaken, the Big Day Asrad, I think, are generally understood to be the Cases that the Kleyashari is going to, but the, 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 the Gemara wants to make a drasha that says, What is this? Big day asrad? Listen up. If not for the big day kuna, for the priestly garments, i.e., and for the priests who use these priestly garments in order to offer korbanis to atone for our sins and to protect the Yidden, 
So the Nishtayim Yisrael Nisha Yisrael Sarah Dufalat, there wouldn't be any remaining Gidin. Kilu, it's the, it's the Big Day Asrat, it's these, it's these Big Day Kahuna, it's the Avod of the Kohanim and all of that stuff that keeps us going. And I guess, uh, nowadays in Hashama Farm is Fosenu, our Tfilis, maybe take the place. I, I said that, uh, um, uh, nobody else said that. So if it's wrong, I'm wrong. Let's go weiter. Rabbi Shmuel Banachmani Omar Dever Bishmal Tano says Rabbi Shmuel Banachmani that it was taught in the best message of Rabbi Shmuel. Begadim Shagordan Oson Kivriyason Michleyan. All right. That what's this big day srad? It's these um, the kalim, the, the the garments of the Kohanim that they would be, take them right off the loom and they were kind of ready to go. They wouldn't have to fit them at all. And beside the man Klumen, they would leave over a shtickle. Mai, what's the shtickle? Rishlakish Amar Elu Maisei Machat. Okay, Rishlakish says it was certain threads that they would sew. Mais favor of Akasha. How could it be that there were certain threads that they would sew? Big day Kuna, Ein Osin Osin, Maisei Machat, El Maisei Oreg. We have a Bryce that says that the priestly garments were not sewn, they were woven. Shinem Ayaz, the puzzle says Maisei Oreg. It's got to be woven. That what's the part that was sewn? The part that was sewn was the sleeve. That the sleeve of the priestly garments, they were woven on their own and then sewn together and attached to the rest of the garment and it would go until their hand. Alright, so I guess that they would be allowed to... Uh, uh, weave the sleeves apart from the rest of the garment and then sew them together. Sounds fun. This is really interesting stuff. How did you construct, how was the Aron constructed? The Aron it was made out of, uh, I believe it was Atzishitim, made out of wood, but it was completely covered in gold. How did you cover the wood in gold? Basically, the urn was created out of wood. It was like an open box, right? It was like, a, imagine a wooden box with the top open, no lid. And how would they cover it in gold? They would cover it in gold by creating two more boxes. One that would go inside the wooden box and one that would go outside of the wooden box. So Memele, all you would see is the gold. That's how it was. So it was basically three boxes. So now says the Gemara, Betzal, of course, the architect of the Mishkan, the namesake of my alma mater. So it says in the, uh, says Rahba in the name of Yudah that Betzal made three Arons, basically three boxes for the Aron. The middle one was the wooden one. And that was that at a height of nine tefachim. Pnimi shalzav shmona. And then there was a box inside of that one, made out of gold, and it had a height of eight tefachim because the bottom of the wooden one also had a height of one tefach. So basically, to fill it up, you need a um, inner box with a height of eight tefachim. Chitzon asar v'mashu, and the outer box was made out of gold. And it had a height of 10 Tfachim. That's because the outer box, according to the this... Um, is this a Brysa or is this just Rachman and Rav Yehuda? That the outer 
box was made out of gold and its bottom was not a tefach thick. It was just a mashu thick. And then the height was 10 tefachim, 9 to cover the height of the wooden box and then an additional tefach for the, to cover the thickness of the kaporis, the lid of the arun. One second, don't we have a verse that says that the outer box was actually 11 tefachim in a little bit. To which the Gemara says, well, yeah, it just depends if you say that the bottom of the outer box had a thickness of a tefach. If it did have a thickness of a tefach, so then the height was 11 and a bit. If it didn't have a thickness of a tefach at the bottom of the outer box, so then the total height was 10 and a little bit. Umay mashu, zer. If you say that the bottom of the outer one had a tefach and the height was uh, 11 tefachim and a little bit, so what's that little bit? It's for the crown that was at the top of the uh, uh, aron that surrounded it. All right, sounds fun. Amr of Yochanan, Shlosha Zirim Hain. says of Yochanan that, that there, there were three crowns in the context of the vessels of the base of the of the Mishkan. There was a crown on the Mizbech, a crown on the Arun, and a crown on the Shulchan. Interesting. So Aharon was Zoha to the crown of the Mizbech. He's the Kohen Gadol. The crown of the Shulchan. David Amelech merited it. Right, the Shulchan is a is a right? It's it's uh, um, associated with Melachim, with king, with, with rulership. And David was zocher to the crown of the Shulchan. Shall Arin adain munachu kol arotzelikach yovo viikach. The crown of the Arin, which Rashi points out, is Keneged Torah. Right, we said that the crown of the Arin is is, is Keneged Kehuna, and the crown of the Shulchan is Malchus. The crown of the Aaron is Torah. And says the Gemara, Adain Munachu, it's still available. It hasn't been taken by Aaron or by David or by anybody. The crown of the Torah is still available. Anybody who wants is free to come and take the crown of the Torah. Maybe you'll say that maybe the crown of the Torah is not as on, uh, is not on high on as high of a level as the crown of the Arun and the Shulchan that were taken by Aharon and David, respectively. Therefore, the Pazak says that in me, kings will become kinged, right? And as Rashi points out, that it's sort of a higher level to be able to anoint the king than to be the king, right? You have to be on a higher level than the king in order to appoint someone and make someone to king. And therefore, right, the puzzle says that B, in me, in the Torah, the king's rule, and therefore the Torah is actually higher than the crown of kingship and the crown of kihuna. And it's free for the taking. Rabbi Yochanan Rami, Rabbi Yochanan has the following kasha, ksiv zar vikorinan zer. The pasuk, yeah, right, the this word crown is written zayin resh, which means zar, foreign. And zer, but we read it zer, which is a crown. If a fellow studies Torah and um, he or she merits, so then it becomes a crown. However, if they do not merit, it's forgotten. It becomes foreign to them. On the one hand, the Pazak says, you will make for yourself 
that you got to do the, the work yourself. You got to make for yourself an aron out of wood. And then we have another puzzle that says that they will make the aron. So on the one hand, we have a puzzle that says, Moshe, you have to do the work. On the other hand, we have a puzzle that says other people will do the work. You hear that? Good gig. We learn from here that the people in his city have to do his work for him. That sounds very nice. Very interesting. All right. It sounds very nice. And then I guess he could just learn. That sounds nice. You got to uh, cover the Aron in gold inside and outside. It says Rava that any Torah scholar whose insides is not like his outsides He's not genuine. He's not transparent. Well, then he's not really a Tamar Chacham. Wow. Abai Vitema Rabba Bar Ula Nikras Nisov. He's called Epis. Um, um, what's the word for that? I feel like it's a word that has like a G. I almost feel like it's be like expungiate. It's probably not a word, but like repungent, pungent. Um, I mean, what's the word that like disgusting, vile? No, not not disgusting or vile, but I don't know. I don't, what do you want me to tell you? Nis of. I don't know. Bad. Shneemar. Afki nis of v'nelach is shosa kamaim avla. That somebody who's like, um, yeah, I don't know what the word is. All right, I'll upon him. So somebody who's like really. Chaval. So that's a fellow who drinks the waters of crookedness. The waters referring to the uh, waters of Torah. He called and he, um, but he's crooked about it. How come a fool should waste his money to try to purchase wisdom when he doesn't even have the heart to be able to understand? The wisdom. Very interesting. Some people are just wasting their time trying to buy wisdom. They can't handle the wisdom. Woe is to the people who spend time studying Torah and they don't even have fear of God. Rabbiane would announce and we learned this Gemara in Masech the Shabbos. And it stuck with me. It's a Gavaldi uh, line. It's Chaval. For a person who doesn't even have a Chatser, doesn't have a courtyard, and yet he makes a gate for the courtyard that he doesn't even have. It's like one step at a time. Get your priorities in order. If you don't have a car- courtyard, you don't need to put up a gate. And therefore, Rashi explains this as saying, look, the Ikr here is Yer Shemaim. The Ikr here is get to a point where we have a fear of, of, of God. Now, if you don't have a, right, the whole, the whole point of the Torah is as an entryway towards fearing God. And if you don't cultivate fear of God, what are you learning Torah for? Interesting. Rava said to the rabbis, Please, fellows, do yourselves a favor and do not, um, inherit two hells. Meaning, if you spend your whole life over here on this world, when you could be having a good time and, you know, doing whatever you want, and you spend your time 
studying Torah all day and you're missing out on life in this world, on having a good time over here, and you also don't have Yer HaShemayim and therefore you're not really going to get anywhere in the world to come, so what do you have? You got nothing. If you're not going to have Yer HaShemayim, you may as well have a good time over here. So therefore, I, I don't think that Rav was suggesting that we just uh, don't have Yer HaShemayim and don't do anything. I think what he's saying is have Yer HaShemayim and study Torah. But if all you're going to do is you know, sit in the Beis HaMedrash all day studying Torah and you're not going to have Yer HaShemayim, so what's the point? You got nothing in this world because you, you, know, you could have been having fun and in the end you were just studying all day. And you didn't even get your Shemaim, so then in the next world, you're not really going to get too far either. So you're just going to lose out double. This is the Torah that Moshe Sam, that he placed. But Sam, what's a Sam? If he merits, so it becomes an elixir of life. If a fellow doesn't merit, he doesn't learn Torah the Shema, so then it becomes an elixir of death. This is what Rava says. Somebody who's, who's skillful with the Torah and he learns it, the Shema, so then it's a, a, an elixir of life. But if he's not skillful with it and he doesn't, uh, uh, I guess, learn Torah, the Shema, so then it's an elixir of death. Rabbionison asked the following Kashik. On the one hand, we have a Pasuk that says that the um, Torah makes a fellow happy. It says that the words of God are tzrufa. They're like a, a fire that like burns. Well, if he merits, so then it'll be ha- he'll be happy from the Torah. If he doesn't merit, he's telling me he learns shalom l'shma, so he'll get burnt. And, and, and what's the word? like? It's like silver or whatever. You like put it into really hot fire and it like melts it and shapes it. So uh, if you're not zoche, you're gonna that's going to happen to you. Rishlakish says you can actually just learn everything out from that second positive of Imra Sashem Tsrufa. If a fellow merits, so then the Torah will shape him for life. If uh, he doesn't merit, so then it will shape him for death. Or like burn him to death. Because uh, the fear of God is pure and it stands forever. Says Rabbanina, this is a fellow who studies Torah in purity. Mai, what's the purity? A fellow who first gets married and then he studies Torah so that he's not distracted by any other desires. He can just focus on his Torah. The testimony of the Abishter is trustworthy. It is trustworthy to testify about those who study that the Torah is going to say, oh yeah, that fellow. He studied Torah. Or that fellow, she studied Torah. My Sirokim, so it says that the um, that the that the that certain articles in the Mishkan were uh, made of um, embroidery, my but we also say that some of them were made out of Choshev, I don't know, uh, uh, um, uh, consideration, let's say. So it says Belazar, it means at first they would sort of consider the part where they were going to embroider. They would kind of make an outline, and then they would embroider where they outlined. Tanimish midu of Nechemia, who is taught by the Bismedjah of Nechemia, Roke Maise Machat, Lefichach Paitsuf Echod, Choshev Maise Oreg, Lefichach Shne Paitsufen. They taught by the Bismedjah of Nechemia that Roke embroidering was on one side. So you, but you basically have the same image on both sides, whereas weaving, somehow they would be able to weave in to these like curtains and things, actually two different 
like images on, on either side. So on one side, it could be like a lion, on the other side, it could be like an eagle, as Rashi points out. Uh, that is the weaving. Chever, that was the Ayn Beis of Masech the Yoma. I think it was a pretty interesting daf, right? The first part of the daf, we discussed the uh, different articles of the Big Day Kahuna and how many threads they were comprised of. And then um, we got into some interesting agaritas about like Tamil Chacham studying Torah. Chaval Deleis Leidarta Vesar Leidarta Ovid. Interesting line. Chever, I hope you enjoyed the Ayn Beis. I hope you enjoy your day. Cheers, friends.